0: purchased our previous home, we got that home through a bank auction because the previous owners of the home had had abandoned the home two years earlier because they were not able to make the payments on the home. And that home had sat dormant for over two years at that point. We won the auction, got the home, but I will explain this to you. It only had a couple of systems in the home or things parts of the home that were nice or well cared for. The roof was only about five years old at the time. Um, It was a block uh, home, so a rectangular block home. It had no siding, nor was it painted. Oddly enough, it was never even painted. Um, It had everything interior. It, it It was neglected from its birth, if you will. It was the old nineteen seventies paneling inside, so it was all dark, like our, our beams are, right? Because this this was built in nineteen sixty six, so that was the color of the paneling in the home, and they had smoked cigarettes and stuff, so it was all grimy. The ceiling in the kitchen, I had to coat the ceiling like four times because it was just grimy in there, etc. So it it. It was, uh, it, it took many months. From the moment that we got the home, it took us about three months. Um, I held up four fingers because it was really more than three months. But anyway, at least three months to get it in a livable state. We essentially had to gut the home. Every wall was drywalled. Every ceiling was painted. I had to put up all kinds of... um, uh, What do you call when you put up inside ceiling level molding? Crown molding. Thank you, Alicia. You're paying attention, and I appreciate that very much. So. So th- there was just a lot of work. Got my wife and kids involved in the process. That little lady right there, Emily, was about seven and a half. She was a peanut about that big uh, at seven and a half. But she got herself dirty. Uh, she, I could put her on the shop vac and different things. And, but my oldest son was about uh, 13 and a half, 14 at the time. And, and so they were doing drywall and, and such things as they learned some stuff in that, that home. And even Amy was involved in cleanup and, su- and barking out orders. She was really good at that. And expectations, she, she helped establish expectations. And movement. In any case, we we spent a lot of time, and thank God for good people at the church that helped us out and got us through that project. And and yeah, we had a few contractors show up on uh, the setup of the kitchen, and and I did not do the siding; they put siding up, etc. And so it took us a long time. But w- from the moment that we signed the contract, Pastor Amy and I determined that we were going to do whatever it takes to make that place a beautiful place and really still to this day it was our favorite home to have been in it had about almost three acres of land also so it was a beautiful place in a rural setting and we loved the community in general and and god blessed us during that time but i want you to understand that there was a lot of pressure on me particularly i did Uh, the bulk of the labor and and those projects that were involved in that process. We're going to look today, I didn't tell you all of that story just to relate to you a difficult time in our life. It was actually a joyful time in our lives, but it involved a lot of work to get where we needed to go. Today, we're going to look at five men, four of whom decided they were going to do whatever it took to get their friend taken care of, or in this case, healed. Looking at uh, our super outreach Saturdays that we've had throughout the summer and spring and summer, and, and there was one just yesterday, and, and looking ahead now to the Franklin Graham um, uh, program on the 24th of September at Allentown Fairgrounds, I'm wondering if you're willing to do whatever it takes to get your family, your friends, your neighbors to the healing they need for their souls. I'm wondering if you're willing to move past your pseudo embarrassment to go to their door, your neighbor's door, or talk to your family or friends once again and invite them. You've got two beautiful opportunities over just the next two weeks. You could invite them to our church picnic. They may never want to darken the door of a church, but would they consider going to a church picnic in the park, which happens to be next Sunday, How about you invite them? Because everything we do as a church is about reaching lost people, and I want to encourage them. Yeah, this is our time of fellowship and fun at the park, and it's on a Sunday, but I want to invite people so that they can hear a gospel message. If you invite them to the Franklin Graham crusade in Allentown at the fairgrounds for Saturday the 24th, he will make sure they get a good gospel presentation. And guess what? They're going to have the Newsboys, which maybe they're not familiar with, but they're all over Christian radio and have been for 30 years now. And and what a blessing that group is. And, and Marcus Witt, or is it DeWitt or Witt? Witt. Witt. Marcos. So I understand he's famous in... Spanish or Latino circles and, and you'll appreciate him and, and, uh, there are, it's going to be a wonderful night and I want you to do what these men chose to do. Look at Mark chapter two verses one through three to begin with today. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. I want to begin by looking at the crowd today. So in your notes, follow along in your notes. You can fill in the blanks there, uh, if you will. Good news spreads fast, doesn't it? I know you all know that bad news, and I've even shared a story about that before. Bad news travels fast, but so does good news. Say amen. Amen. Now, the Gospel of Mark begins with John the Baptist announcing Jesus is coming. And beyond there, Mark seems to highlight something that you might otherwise miss. In chapters one and two, he's the is the start it's where mark starts with Jesus's ministry with a focus on him casting out demons it's just a thing you'll see it if you read the first two chapters of Mark you'll find out that's where Mark starts you're going to hear Mark highlighting this fact that Jesus cast out demons several demons in those first two chapters i'll show you this in the scriptures but what's amazing to me i want you to note from mark chapter 1 verses 23 and 24 suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out wait a minute where was he he was in the synagogue Uh uh-oh so you're telling me there was a guy that was demon possessed in the synagogue Well, that's what the Word says. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Notice something. This is now the possessed person. And the possessed person is not using the singular, is he? Why are you interfering with Jesus of Nazareth? He knows who he is. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. Isn't this interesting? Religion cannot free you from demons. Because if that were the case, he's in the synagogue and... You don't go to the synagogue unless you're religious. So, attending church may not help you out. You need to get church in you, not around you. Interesting, isn't it, that the demons recognize who Jesus was? I know who you are. It wasn't just that he was Jesus. They didn't recognize him in his humanity. No, I know who you are. And they recognize in that moment, have you come to destroy us? Now, if Jesus were Clint Eastwood, he would have said, yes, I have. You wanna get out now while it's getting good? He essentially did that because he cast the demon out of the man. Religion doesn't even know the demons are there. Now, to continue in our story, Mark blames, I'm using that in quotes, a man healed of leprosy for creating the massive crowds that are clamoring around Jesus at this point it's the it's a it's a man who was healed from leprosy I'll show you it in the scriptures this is again this is backing up to mark chapter 1 I have it for you verse 45 look at what he says but the man this is the man healed of leprosy went and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened as a result large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. Wow is right. In an age where they didn't have Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, He couldn't go anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places and listen to this line. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. I'll get back to that. Now, fast forward to the crowded house where Jesus is speaking and they have the paralyzed man outside at this stage. People who heard Jesus were heard about Jesus were intent on seeing him. So write that down, seeing him. I love the fact that Jesus was attractive to people. People tracked Jesus down wherever he went. They weren't content to just know about him they tracked him down some of you are very attracted to revival services and stuff where you you can sense and feel the the spirit of god and i am grateful for that i want you to look at this uh, verse again i'm going to help you i'm going to paraphrase it he had to stay out in the secluded places but people let me re rephrase that last line he had to stay out in secluded places but it didn't matter people still found him And it makes me question this for you. Are you attractive to people? Is the Jesus in you attractive to people? Or does he put off people? Do they wanna be around you? Are you that kind of person that they don't like being around? Jesus was the kind of person that drew people towards him. I want to be that kind of church. That people are drawn to us because of the power and the anointing that is on our lives. Not just the preacher, by the way. Amen. Yes. Not just a, and, and When I say attractive, I'm not saying attractive like Pastor Amy is attractive. I'm saying attractive in the gospel sense, in the spirit sense. That you have a, an anointing, you have... Something that draws people towards you because they sense something about you that's different from their regular friends. You want to be one of their irregular friends, set apart and separated unto Christ. The anointing of God draws a crowd. That's what you should be chasing. We spend hours and hours beautifying ourselves. I'm not telling you ladies to stop. I, Please don't misinterpret this. Some of us take the easy route. Just shave our heads. Some some of us go that path. I'm not saying don't spend the time beautifying yourselves. but, But if you'll take an equivalent amount of time to chase after God until you're filled with and anointed with the power from on high, that becomes attractive to all kinds of people. Even the people that otherwise would dislike you. Listen to me when I tell you this. If you have the anointing and power of God, I don't care if it's a Muslim person, they'll be attracted to that because they need what you have When you have something of real value, people want that. So work on that which really matters. Work on that which is compelling in an eternal quality or sense. Not just the fleshly human. That's fleeting. Stuff changes. Jesus was compelled to go everywhere spreading His message and demonstrating God's love for His people. In Mark chapter 1, verse 37 through 39, I'll I'll give you the start. Here it is. When they found Him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now in this passage, it's back in Mark chapter 1, it's the disciples that are saying this to Jesus. When they, they are the disciples Found him. They said, everyone is looking for you. Isn't this amazing? Wouldn't it be good that people sought you out at the, where you work? Wouldn't it be good that they identified you as a man or woman of God? Somebody that they knew they could trust would get in touch with God for them. Hey, could you have a chat with the man upstairs? They'll say it like that. I know you have it good in, a, They've. this has been said to me multiple times, I know you have it in good with the man upstairs, could you put in a good word for me? <laughs> I'll help you out all I can, but you need to put in your own word. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well. And I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues, and there it is again, casting out demons. You see, Mark's focused on it. Casting out demons. Jesus, you see, was... Clearly missions-minded. And I say that this way to you because I want you to catch this and understand this. Stay focused on the mission for your life. Get engaged in the mission. Listen, perhaps you're not engaged. If you've known the Lord more than a year You need to be working somewhere in the ministry at at the church. I said it. I said it. I'm in it. I didn't utter it inadvertently. I uttered it intentionally. If you've been saved more than a year, you should be somewhere in the church working. There's jobs for you. we got places for you to serve. If you're incapable of anything else, find good. Help out loading up the van next Friday or Saturday whenever they're loading it up for the church picnic. Do that. Right. You don't have to have credentials to do that, you don't even have to be a member of the church. we got places for you to serve. Jesus was missions-minded. Don't let the distractions of life get you off course, by the way. That's what I get out of Jesus' word back to his disciples. And Jesus, they're saying, everyone's looking for you. Jesus says, yeah, I know that, but I have other places I have to go. I've got to get the gospel out. I've got to get this message to you. Sounds like a BG song. Now it'll start in your heads. I just planted the seed. Don't let the distractions get you, of life get you off course. Prioritize the things that matter to the kingdom of God. Now I'm going to hit you where it hurts. I think it's important that Johnny is involved in sports and extracurricular activities that give him physical actions and activity. I think that's important, but do you give up church on Sundays because of it? I know you can say ouch or you can say amen, but it depends on what category you're in. If you're going to say amen or not, what are you telling him or her if church is negotiable based on your desires at the time? because you're sending a message whether you want to or not and i want you to help i'm going to contextualize this because my boys were involved in baseball my daughter did dance through those early years And, and so yeah, it was important. Now, I realize it's a little bit different time. We lived on three acres of land as we just told you. I had my kids working in my yard. I weren't like some of you parents. All of my kids had chores. All of my kids. She, she, the lawn mower weighed more than she did the first time she mowed. That's right. And, and so, but, so that's y'all's business. Y'all work your thing. Do your thing your way. But they still were involved in these extracurricular activities. But when the first time, one of them came to me said, Dad, can we play soccer? I said, when do they have the practices? When do they have the games? Well, they have them on Thursday nights and they have them on Saturdays. And they do some on Sundays. <laughs> I said, you answered your own question. If it's on Sunday, you're not going to do it. We can do the other things. And we were in a good community. They even understood that we had church on Wednesday nights. And they were open to that and such things. But they only did baseball, the boys. And they joined band. They were able to play in the band. The games are on Fridays and stuff like that. But they weren't practicing. They weren't doing stuff on Wednesday nights or Sundays. They weren't doing it. We set a priority. how things were going to be in our household because I wanted the message that they understood because listen to me when I tell you this parents you're 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 lulled into some kind of uh hypnotism that it's designed by the enemy not by the Lord that's making you believe that it's okay You send them the message that it's alright for us to miss this Sunday because this is what we're doing right now. And you're telling them that when it doesn't feel like they should be there, they don't have to be there. And I guarantee you, when they are 15-year-olds, they'll look you in the face and say to you, I don't feel like going to church today. Guarantee it. You establish the priorities that they're going to walk in and they'll have a better understanding of how God is to be considered in our life. There are lots of things they can participate in and not take them away from Saturday or Sundays. Because the reality is, and and we do do better than many churches because we have the 2 a.m. services, so some of you can scrunch it in there. You can figure out a way to make it happen, but most of you, I have to say it. This is the truth. Most of you only come to a Sunday morning service, cut out that one service. Even on occasion, what are you sending? What's the message? Uh, we love God, but not that much. That's what you're sending your kids. And so wise up. That's the plan of the enemy. Can you get into heaven and not be in church every Sunday? Absolutely. You don't even have to talk in tongues to get into heaven. You don't have to be full of the Holy Ghost. But if you want your kids to recognize who God is, you're the one that's going to have to make that valuable to them. That's the crowd. Now let's take the drop. This is from Mark chapter two, and uh, I call it 2C is where he begins. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him into Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of jesus seeing their faith whose faith it's the four guys it's not the guy on the mat seeing their faith jesus said to the paralyzed man my child your sins are forgiven let's Pause there first. I love this passage of scripture because it tells me something about the character quality of these four men. That's the kind of men I'm grateful I'm surrounded by. I've got some good men that surround me that look at obstacles and find a way around it. I got them. I got him. James John is standing right there in the back. He's one of those guys. Look at obstacles and find a way around it. I got, I got him. Mario said, one of my, he's the head deacon, if you will, that, that look at an obstacle and say, I, I, let's find a way around it. Let's do the work. Albert up here on the front row. I got him. Thank God. These four men were those kinds of men. Many see an obstacle and just moan. Moaning's not attractive. I'd have to sing it. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Wavina. That, that, that's appropriate coming from the head of the Sunday school department. She hears the moans. And there's another one. She looks at an obstacle and finds a way around it. We want to be surrounded by people like that, but many see an obstacle and just moan. I, I visited a lady about a month ago, a genie I think is her name. Uh, and and um, I don't know, she's in her seventies at least. And and she's in the hospital, right? She's in the hospital. I knock on the door. I always do this when I'm visiting a lady at the hospital and, and I just knock and so, cause you never know. And, and so I knocked on the door and, and says, Pastor Cole, and, and I, the response, this is honest to God, the response I gave, Pastor Cole, praise the Lord. Come on in. And I came in and I spent a little time visiting with her. She never moaned one time. She said, I know I've got these troubles I'm dealing with, but I know God's got it under control. I'm glad he's got it under control. I can trust the Lord. Prayed with her. Brought her before the Lord. She was in the early service today. And 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 when I walked out of her room, I walked by nurse's station. There were two nurses standing there. And I said, y'all be sure to take good care of that lady. She's an awesome person. She, they looked at me. Both of them looked at me and said, you can count on it. She is an awesome person. They said that of her in the hospital. That's attractive. That's looking like Jesus in a rough spot. You're saying, well, that's Jesus. She shouldn't have been in the hospital. She was in the hospital and people saw Jesus in her. They saw Jesus in her. That's what I'm talking about today. She never dropped her faith. She never dropped her confidence. She knew her life was firmly planted in God's hands. And actually, you know what she said to me? Pastor, listen, even if I died, that's better. Seriously. She was not going to let what was going on take her down. Because she knew even if it was as bad as death, she was going up to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would to God that we had more people like that in our midst. Because faith will move you to do things you otherwise would give up on. These guys would not give up. C.H. Spurgeon writes this, Faith is full of inventions. Faith doesn't just see the obstacle. Faith actually sees the obstacle removed. That's how faith sees it. So sometimes, you can't go with what you see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Yes. Faith is evidenced by things you don't actually see. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Faith sees the obstacle gone, removed, the mountain moved. Yes. Yes. If you say to that mountain... Or this mountain, Jesus is pointing at one. Be removed, be casted to the sea. It will obey you. What obstacle are you looking at today that must be viewed through the lens of faith? What are you looking at today? you got to take a different view on like that sister did even in the hospital. God's got my life in his hands. I'll be all right, pastor. I'll be all right. And I knew she would, and she was here in church smiling this morning. So here's what it comes down to, your next line in your notes. If we cannot get sinners where Jesus is by ordinary methods, we must use extraordinary ones. That's what these men did. That's why I say it. I cheer it on because I'm grateful I'm surrounded by men like that. If you can't get there through ordinary methods, let's, let's do some extraordinary things. Whatever we got to do, let's get it done for the kingdom of God. <laughs> like evangelist Nick did yesterday. He acted in faith. They were walking around downtown. They found out there was some kind of festival of some sort happening. This was Southside in Bethlehem. Oh, it was the art walk. You weren't there, Albert. What's up with that? I know you're an artiste. Hmm? So they were in the Bethlehem area, and, and they found out this was happening, and they came upon an area where there was a loudspeaker, and there were microphones, and some kind of, must have been some kind of stage, or it looked like a stage set up. He's a man of faith. And he walks up there and he says, Who, who's in charge? And the first person wasn't in charge. And it pointed him, though, in the right direction. And ultimately, and I may have the story a little bit, but you correct me if I need to be corrected. Because uh, I'll get to the main points that, are, that matter. And, and he said, here's a microphone. Here are speakers. We're here to do evangelism. Looks like God set it up for us. I think somebody said to you, We're expecting some singers or somebody, right? Did they say anything like that? They're waiting on on somebody to come and they were going to do some music. And you know what he said? I have a famous musician with me. (laughs) Stand up, famous musician. (laughs) And she has her guitar. She's ready to sing. The guy said, oh, I recognize her. I know she's famous. (laughs) Evangelist Nick says, okay then. we cannot get sinners where Jesus is by ordinary methods, who's going to find the extraordinary methods to get them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Faith is inventive. Faith isn't deterred by the first obstacle it comes up against. Find a way. So these men were not put off because of it, it involved work <laughs> and to tear a roof off. And I know it's Middle East, and those were either covered in palm, lots of palm uh, limbs and leaves, and or perhaps uh, p- some kind of uh, reeds etc. They were abundant in that area. They would use whatever they had to for their roofing. Naturally it wasn't block, brick or even clay. It was one of these things because otherwise they're not, they didn't come out there with a jackhammer and you know, they, they had to tear the roof off and they found a way. They were not embarrassed that they had to climb up to the roof level. I'm talking to some of you right now. These men were not upset when people began to speak against them for stirring up dust and causing a scene. Have you ever met anybody from the Middle East? They're not easily calmed. If you get in their way. Have you watched television for the last 25 years? I mean, it's Hard to go through a week that somebody's not throwing fire bombs and turning over vehicles and burning them up. So, in other words, when you do something they don't like, they let you know. There's a few of you like that here. You're not throwing fire bombs, hopefully, but but if you've got a problem, you make sure people know it. There's a few. You don't have to say, amen. There's a few of you like that. I'm. I've met a few of you like that. I know you're like that. You're easily identifiable, but these folks from the Middle East, you see, you, what if you were the pers- first person to get close to Jesus that day? And you had, you had that spot because you've been there for four hours. Now here are these turkeys. What is going on up there? I hear people. That ain't the Holy Ghost. And when they start tearing the roof off, guess what's happening? OSHA disapproves. For those of you who have no idea what I just said, I was not speaking in tongues. That's the department all over the United States that determines what you can do in a construction zone. Nobody had hard hats. Nobody had eye cover. So stuff's falling from the sky and these guys create that stuff, do you think those people sitting near Jesus were like, okay, we'll move out of the way so y'all can do what you're doing? No! I've been here four hours. How are you gonna let him down on me? Yeah, wait your turn. Somehow, they went through all of that so that they could get the guy where he needed to be because they knew that if they got him in front of Jesus, He was walking out of there changed. Hallelujah. Bet you know somebody like that. Listen, Jesus was there to heal and therefore fall what might. Faith ventured so that the paralyzed man might walk. You know somebody that's paralyzed spiritually. They're on their way to hell. You know somebody like that. And if you don't get the lifeline to them, their destiny is sure. Hell is their destiny. You know somebody like that. Are you going to tear the roof off of some place just to get them to hear Jesus' message? When the case is urgent, we must not mind running some risk and shocking some proprieties. Because it's urgent. And you know the time is short, don't you? You know the days we're living in, don't you? We're living in the very last moments of time. So it's urgent that you break out of lethargy and be- begin to take the message of Christ to our world. It's necessary. It's not just prudent. It's not just wise. It's necessary. And you're a messenger. There's no one in this place. If you got hands, if you can walk, you ought to be passing out those little bookmarks that look like a bus that we have out in our foyer. We got thousands of them. If you take all of these that we have today, I can replace them with a thousand more. We're living in the last moments. It's no longer time to relax and take it easy and just leave people to their own devices. They're going to be people that you love who won't support you in the process though. Everybody won't cheer you on. Everybody's not giving you an attaboy. They're going to think you're nuts and they may well say so. They may well turn. You may lose a friendship with somebody you really like because you tell them about Jesus. And I don't say that so sort of brazenly like it doesn't matter. It does matter. But the greater priority is their eternal well-being. You have to make a decision. Do I want to maintain my friendship with them? Or do I want them to go to heaven? Jesus recognized and responded to the faith of the men who brought the paralyzed man to him. He recognized that. And so we dealt with that accordingly. He saw their faith. He saw the debris falling. May have coughed and spluttered a little bit. Mark's not reporting that. None of them that recorded the occurrence, they're not reporting that. But I'm, I can assure you, there were people that weren't happy the man was coming down on the mat. In the front. We've looked at the crowd, we've looked at the drop. Now let's go to the impact. We focus on the healing, but note Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, right? You heard those words? That's what Jesus said to the man when he got down there in front of him, seeing their faith, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Now when the Bible says to us all, by his stripes we are healed, it's greater than the temporary work of physical healing, but includes the eternal work of sins forgiven. You ought to say amen to that. Yes, by his stripes we are healed does include our physical healing. It does include it. That was accomplished by Jesus' work of the shedding of blood and His taking the beating prior to the cross. It's included. And it's wrapped up in the resurrection because He has power over death. And if He can have power over death, then surely He has power over your physical needs. Jesus is not trying, by the way, to claim that because of this man's sin, therefore he is paralyzed. That's not what Jesus is saying. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is pointing to the entrance of sin into the world that brings about all sickness and disease. Therefore, saying, which is easier, Jesus said? Which is easier? Your sins are forgiven or rise up Take your bed and walk. All sickness, all diseases are from the fall of mankind and they are connected to the enemy. God wants you healed. What happens? The results stun the crowd. That's the impact. Listen to this from, from Mark 2, 12. And the man jumped up. He was paralyzed prior to this. They all knew him. He was paralyzed. Grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. What's that mean to you? Well, it's this, church. Signs and wonders give credence to his words. It's what happens when, when people witness a miracle, Uh, faith will leap in the heart of all who are listening and observing what has taken place. See what's going to happen is that Jesus, now Jesus can preach the message of life provided through the work of the cross to come. Now it can happen because of this amazing miracle. Jesus can say, I'm your hope for eternity because they were all stunned and amazed by this great miracle he had worked. They can now say, I, I'm your hope for eternity. Jesus can say that. Remember what Jesus said to one of Lazarus' sisters, he said, Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. John eleven twenty five. Let me bring it to a close for you this morning. Do likewise. That's my conclusion. Do likewise. I'll say it to you this way, over to you. It's now over to you. Jesus said, over to you to his disciples. The disciples said to us, over to you. This is Mark 16 now, verse 15 through 18. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons. (laughs) See, this is Mark. Right? This is Mark's gospel. And you see it again? What's the first thing he says? For miraculous signs. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Do likewise. Here's what you need to understand. The sending of Holy Spirit to us, puts us on the same page as Jesus with power and anointing. I should have blinked out power and anointing because that's the part I want you to get. That's what was accomplished by the sending of Holy Spirit. He, 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 puts us, he puts us on the same plane with Jesus so that we can do what Jesus did. His intentions is that we do what Jesus did. That's his intentions. And so I wanna say it to you this way in closing. We have one of the greatest opportunities that's been afforded to the Lehigh Valley in more than 25 years. What I'm talking about Franklin Graham, there are tons of places he could have gone on the East Coast. In prayer, he felt it was time to come to the Lehigh Valley in prayer. He's doing a, a sort of a north-northwest, not northwest, northeast um, run. Kind of going uh, western Pennsylvania out through Ohio, up through Michigan and such with his meetings. But on the 24th, he's right in Allentown. What do I want you to get out of this? This is not in your notes, so you have to listen to me. Will you carry your lame family members to the meeting? I I, I want you to take it beyond just giving them a, a bookmark that has the date on it. I do. Hey, Franklin Graham, this is what you're saying to a workmate. Franklin Graham's gonna be with us on the weekend, 24th at 6.30 in the evening. It's going to be at Allentown Fairgrounds. There's going to be great music. There's going to be a great night. When can I pick you up? Did you all catch that? Aside from the loud music on the, from our professional... That's why I'm famous. <laughs> That's why she gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. That's right. Glory. <laughs> Did you catch that though? You're you're not just, you're not just, now listen, even you young people can put the bus on a door. Even that, even you really shy people can at least do that. Stick it on your neighbor's door and run so fast you, they don't identify you as the one putting it there. Even you can do that but I really want you to take it to the next step. Listen to how I say this. Franklin Graham is gonna be with us here in Allentown at the fairgrounds Saturday, September twenty-four at 6.30 p.m. When can I pick you up? Did you hear that? Don't leave it, salespeople do that. That's how they operate with you. That's why they make you so nervous. They don't leave the gap. Would you like to come? No. Don't be that polite. When can I pick you up? I'd love to pick you up at 4.30. We're having a meal. I'll treat you. Or, or if you ride with me afterwards, we're going to stop by. And you name the place that you can manage. Or... If you can't afford to take them out someplace, tell them, I'll have pie at my house. I'll make you a cake. And if you don't make cakes or pies, God forbid. Wegmans has loads of them. They are awesome. Find a way, like the men did. Don't let obstacles get in your path. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your workmates, the people that you will face another day. Invite them. This is eternity we're talking about. Get over yourself. We're talking about eternity. Christ said to take the gospel into all the world. That includes your family, your friends, your neighbors, your workmates, schoolmates for you young people. Invite them. Find a way. Tear the roof off the place if you have to. But find a way. Get through it. Will you hurdle whatever obstacles are preventing you from bringing the good news to your friends and workmates? If you get them there on that night, they're going to hear the gospel message. They'll hear it. So find a way to get them there. Would you stand to your feet? It behooves me, after delivering a message of this nature, to say to you all, if there's a chance somebody is in this room this afternoon now and doesn't have a relationship with Christ, I can't let you walk out of here without making some change to that. Why send you to Franklin Graham when you could know Jesus today? Why wait for church in the park when you can know him right at this moment? So maybe you're here right at this moment and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you could bow your head and close your eyes instead of looking at whatever's going over on my right side. Just close your eyes. Give me your attention for a few moments. If, if you're here and not in a right relationship with Christ or you're unsure of your eternal condition. If you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins or come into your heart, your position is precarious. You're not going into heaven for eternity. If you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and savior, to come into your heart. If that's your condition, if that's your situation right now, Heads are bound, eyes are closed. You lift your hand and say, I've got to get things right with the Lord. Now, lift your hand up high. God bless you, God bless you. I see those hands. Is there someone else? Come on, don't leave here with a question mark. Put an exclamation point on it. Say, I'm gonna get things right with God today. Young, old, don't care how many times you've been in church. I've gotta get it right with God today. Thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. That's the easy part. What I'm going to ask you to do right now is much more difficult. But it's necessary and right. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. That goes for you believers too. And me talking about all of this. Talking about sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with people but those who just raised their hand would you be willing to step out of that seat because listen I did it before and it's everyone around you they've done it before would you step out of your seat come forward to this altar say I really mean business with God I gotta get things right with God who'll be the first one to come come on God bless you man God bless you to follow Jesus. God bless you come on, come on. God bless you to come on Jesus. come on don't sit there if you need Jesus let's get it right today let's seal your eternity right now Jesus. let's make sure no that you're ready to go back. meet Jesus no back. amen praise the lord don't go praise the lord come me. on we got room Still for you come follow. on hallelujah don't go with Yeah, it it may be that a few of you, you've done it before, but do it again. You want to be sure? It's okay to be sure. Erase every doubt. All right, those of you who have come forward, here's what we need to do. I'm going to help you pray a prayer, but you have to say it from your heart. doesn't matter if you just say it, if you don't mean it. And so let's pray this prayer right now. Would you join me? praying this prayer. If you've come forward, join me in praying this prayer. We'll wait for your, your, I don't know if it's a daughter or granddaughter. Okay. We'll wait for you. And even if you're here, reluctantly pray this prayer. Get things right with the Lord today. Here you go. Pray it with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, because you died for me. And because of your death and your resurrection, I can have life eternal. Thank you for giving that to me. In turn, I give my heart to you. From this moment, I am yours. I am born again. I am saved. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to take this message to my family, friends, neighbors. Amen. Thank you for praying this prayer with us. Amen. I want to shake your hands. I've seen you before. I know you're. Come on. How about yours? Amen. God bless you, my brother. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Would you walk right that way where these folks are standing right there? Would all of you just go that way? Let me me give you a greeting. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. (laughs) Go right there with those folks. Praise the Lord. Now listen. Let God deal with them. How about God deal with you? You know somebody. You know somebody that's going to hell. You know somebody that you work beside. Somebody that you attend school with. Somebody that you uh, have a neighbor. You have a lost neighbor. Tell them Jesus loves them. And invite them to our picnic next Sunday. Because there's no church here next Sunday. Or... You can have them come to see Franklin Graham. Would you do that? So join us in one or two of those places or both of those places and help them find Jesus. Amen? Amen. Don't forget, guys, to sign up. We need a lot of men helping us load up some trucks and, and this and that so that we can get business taken care of next Sunday. God bless you.